This is The Art of Warcast, a podcast about card games and board games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Deck Buildicus Esotericus. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Well, we can, despite Rule 1 and Rule 2 saying otherwise, finally talk about it. So we will. We'll also discuss the news on Ashes releases, Keyforge adventures, new rivals cards, and a bit about our experience deck building for these games. Yeah, so a little off topic from like our planned thing, but the well. the, the game that you talked about <laughs> being the, the one that you know about and the one that you know about, the one that you know about from last time, got uh, announced in a kind of a weird soft way. Fight Club the Home Game, mm-hmm. designed by Brad Andrews, is going to be released here in the latter part of 2020. 21 published by mondo games. published by mondo games who uh, who brad now works for and has worked for for about a year a little bit more than a year uh he published a designer diary on how he engaged in the design of this uh amazing game that the the four of us have tested the four mm-hmm. of us tested the three of us tested and jason was there too um <laughs> jason who is currently not here who's currently not actually here we had this is this is one of those games folks that it's going to be fairly inexpensive. I don't know exactly what the price point is. It's anywhere between $25 and $35. I, I don't know I mean, if it's that's a, to be decided. It's a, it's a two-player boxed game. So yeah, it's you can a two-player boxed game. Yeah. It is a deck builder. But it is a deck builder in that you are building a single deck through the card through the card interaction. So your turn is uh, you one, one of you plays the narrator and one of you plays Tyler Durden. And... You build a single deck that both of you are drawing out of, mm-hmm. and so that gamifies the themes and what's going on in the movie and the book. Card game is largely based on the movie. Um, it, it, yeah, inspired by. Yeah, yeah inspired by the mm-hmm. movie. So we can't. I, I honestly can't recommend this enough. It's a great game. It's unique. We hope to have Brad on here sometime soon to talk about it a little bit more. That would be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Fight Club the home game is the big news that came over, and also so you can check out that designer diary on BGG. Ah, gotcha. And that's where that is. And then he also posted a designer diary for the person who the graphic design for the game, the card design, mm-hmm. and that's pretty interesting as well. Interesting. Um, so yeah, very cool. Very cool. I'm saying this might that might be one of our most um, play tested little products in terms of sheer <laughs> grind involved. Yes, you know, <laughs> yes. we played a, played quite a few times. Yeah, so. I will definitely remember 2020 as <laughs> pandemic and Fight Club testing. <laughs> I suppose so. You say, yeah, fair point. Yeah, fair At point. At least there's there was a portion uh, portion of time there where it was all it was very much discuss Fight Club, play test Fight Club, discuss Fight Club, play test Fight Club. So it's a fun, fun project. Uh, moving on to Ashes related stuff. Um, Breaker of Fate has arrived. The uh, the seventh type of dice, die, dice, time dice. Anyhow, Ashes plural. Yep. Yep. Breaker of Fate came out, and there, <laughs> well, it came out kinda right. So the cards are here, uh, the dice are here. The cards turned out to be larger than the other di- uh, other cards in the set of ashes not only in the core set but in the original this, printing this will be the set you were showing me a week or so ago yes yes, yes. okay and then the printing was darker on the conjurations uh on the back side of the, just a minute i gotta say bit, yeah. pretty pretty darn subtle but, but yeah so so 
but it was significant. Like for me, I'm going to sleeve my cards eventually. I mm-hmm. don't sleeve them like for casual play, but when you're doing sleeving for um, organized play, does that size? Well, it is. It is actually quite a significant Ooh, difference. Good one. I mean, depends on the sleeve. Like I use those pretty hefty um, mats myself, mm-hmm. and you'd you'd have to try to be able to. Well, you'd have to try to be able to feel the difference. But right. visually, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. probably still could look yeah. at the deck and go, ooh, look at that. Yeah. A little sawtooth going down the, um, the side, you know? But, um, yeah, if, if they weren't sleeved, yes, you could tell the difference. You oh, could Lord, see, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, no, I, and yeah. so Plaid Hat has, to their credit, is sending, announced that they're sending out a redo of those cards with the next subscription for those people who are subscribed via Team Covenant. Hmm. They're going to send out, they're working with their printer, and they're going to send out resized, uh, corrected printing, and hopefully these will be more accurate, and more aligned with the card universe as we see it. So that's that is really pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. Have we heard anything for people who got the product standalone? Are they going to get any the, reasonable the, recourse? The breaker are, fate is only it. subscription right now. Okay. So they're the what the announcement said was is that they are for those people who've already received it through their subscription, they're going to send out new cards for the next subscription, which is going to be. August ish, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <clears throat> September maybe. And they are uh, working, they're, like they're working with their printers so that when Breaker of Fate goes into distribution, mm-hmm. that it's fixed. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so that by because the agreement, I don't know if we've talked about it here, but the agreement is that Team Covenant has a three month exclusivity. <laughs> exclusivity. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Exclusivity yep. on the product. Don't think we have said it here, but so, I was aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. So the about the that time got- that we're getting our next subscription, Breaker of Fate will be going into distribution. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. They didn't announce. We're we're projecting August. I'm hoping September, because they did announce the next two Phoenix Born. Mm-hmm. When with them, the decks and the cards and the expansion coming well, out. Well, they re-announced the next the next two Phoenix Born because the two Phoenix Born that they announced were our old promo Phoenix Born that they are yep. Re- yep. Uh, yep. rejuvenating or whatever. Yep, they're they're coming back uh, bitter, better, bigger, badder. <laughs> Anyhow, it's the two packs are called the Gorin Rock Survivors and the Messenger of Peace. Yeah, and these are two quote unquote new Phoenix Born to the reborn universe but they're they were promos in the uh, 1.0 universe so there was no mention i looked at the article again the announcement article from nick there was no mention of a, an, even a month but saying stay tuned we'll we'll be coming so i'm hoping for a september release there's a whole lot of crap happening in the production of everything but, these days yeah, still and so okay one honestly can't even annou- then one can't even guess like even if they said september it's probably october whatever <laughs> so the with all the shipping delays and you know problems with like pallet shortages and all that stuff that's going on mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> i've been talking to our friend tim uh, blakely the yeah. owner of total escape the new owner of total escape that about some of the stuff and you know he's expecting that you know the like shipping delays and shipping problems are going to last like through the end of the year Oh wow! So, well, yeah. I mean, more than that, in a, in a totally non-political way, I should ask: Have you heard about China and their power issues? No, no, I haven't. They they are having um, so recently. They did a massive crackdown on cryptocurrency in general, which okay. seemed to come out of left field, and some of it seemed to be political. Believe that bit part aside, but a meaningful part of it seemed to be massive um, power shortages, literally rolling brownouts oh, wow. um, issues. There, they're in a little bit of a dispute 
with Australia, who pretty much supplies their coal. Okay. So we can imagine that hitting production. Right. Straight away there. So and then them being one of the major producers certainly of a lot of the kind of products that we encounter here. Not, yeah. not to get into it, yeah. but have you read about the dispute between them? Oh yeah, and they say not gonna discuss <laughs> we're not gonna turn this into a political discussion. We could very easily, but holy no. cow. So yeah. if you're interested in geopolitical things, <laughs> read up on Australia and China oh, and, and their problems. Holy it's crap. <laughs> so yeah. They're rolling over and then we've got the tail end of the the hopefully tail end of the pandemic going on, where we'd had obviously um, reduced production of issues coming through mm-hmm. and then the one of the suggestions I saw was that the ramp up occurring as everywhere is starting to come back to life could be one of the problems forming a little bottleneck you know so many people so many so many different groups now trying to get things at once yep. that the simple simple throughput is getting clogged yeah so, yeah you know, yeah there's so. there's it's all has to do with the models of le- lean manufacturing models the yep. lean yeah, shipping yeah. models that people were using and that's why you have pallet shortages because when you have because everybody was using just in time fulfillment mm. of course they were yeah. Yeah. no no don't keep any don't keep any stock just order it yep the the um the as it were businesses operating on the um, amazon consumer model you know yeah. i can get it tomorrow it's fine <laughs> yeah you know so it, it, I, what I wanted to do a little bit was go into these two Phoenix born a little bit. Lulu for, first Lulu first stone is the one in the Goran Rock Survivors expansion. She her battlefield is six, her life is sixteen, her spellboard is four. She has the bolster uh, ability, which is a side action exhaust and a basic. Place one status token on a target unit you control and attach a spark conjured alteration spell to that unit. Now, she is. As you'll see by this spark conjured alteration unit, just a direct damage person. Just just absolute boom. And, and buffing it looks like too. Yeah, right? and buffing. Choice, yeah. And so the spark conjured alteration, uh, you attach it to a unit. It gives the unit, there's three copies of it. It gives a unit attack plus one. And then uh, as a main action, you can discard the spell to deal one damage to a target unit. Okay, so you're using her to put this spark on somebody who, which gives that unit an attack an additional attack point and then as a main action you're discarding it and it's huge that you're discarding it as a main action because that keeps the turn going mm-hmm. right sometimes when we've been playing at least i've been playing lately i'm kind of looking for main actions i'm like i need <laughs> to keep this round going yeah uh, a- a- action economy has not been the thing slowing you down it's been resources right right yeah. right um and then the third and this is where you get into the direct damage these these are both cards that are for her only is the Phoenix Barrage. It's an action spell. Uh, it's main action and three basic, and you'll know why. Because it deals two damage to a target unit, deals two damage to a target unit, and deals two damage to a target Phoenix Born, which <laughs> well, say, is pretty insane. I, in my, I was going to say, in my limited understanding of the game at the moment, which I'm hoping to correct fairly soon, Jesus Christ, is all I ever saw that. I'm like, yeah, whoa, it, okay. It what will, the hell? Uh, it's... It's along the lines of like uh, molten gold, which is one of those cards that a lot of people play. It's does, almost an auto include. Yeah, it's, it is, but now, mm. now it's an auto include for her. Damage, yeah. Of course, it's one of her signature cards, so no one else can include it, right? So yeah. it's it's all her. Mm-hmm. So when you're when she when she finally lands on the table across from you, you need to be aware that okay. I need big units, Spot. or I need big units with well, can survive. I'm going to say you need big units, or maybe not um, too little, two units hanging around. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. Because yeah. that'll be them and the Phoenix Born going out. So yeah, so, that, that's I mean that that design is very clear to say. You know, I, uh, my choice of AOE and or single nuke. I mean that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so. Now, with her, she has uh, a life of sixteen. Hip, you know, right. So 
your allies, your the units that you're going to have in play are going to be those that defend her largely because you're going to be doing damage to the Phoenix Born Yourself. directly. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you want your units out there to be, as far as I can tell, and I, absolutely correct me, listeners, if I'm if I'm off base here, but from what I can tell from my limited experience here. I would say your units are going to be defenders. And if you happen to get lucky and get a an attacker in there once in a while, yay. But you're going to want to protect her until she can do her direct damage over time, right? And then um, the one in the Messenger of Peace is a phoenix born by the name of Oric Gilstream. Uh, he has a battlefield of five, a spell board of five, which is pretty interesting. It might be, that might be the largest spell board we have hmm. in the game. Uh, he has 19 life. Insight, after taking a meditate action, you may place one exhaustion token on the card, on this card, the Phoenixborn card, to place the first card discarded off the top of your draw pile during that action into your hand. So you can, when you're meditating to get that dice, that die face that you really want, that power die, whatever it might be, you can take the first card you discard as part of that meditate and, and bring it into your hand and exhaust your Phoenixborn. And remember that once you exhaust your Phoenixborn, it's blank, so you can't do it a second time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, concentration is a ready spell, and these are three cards that go well together. Concentration is a ready spell. It goes under the spell board. It is one of his signature cards. Uh, for a main action or a side action, exhaust and two basic. Place one status token on your Phoenixborn. Okay, a status token, not an exhaust, status, draw a card, all right? Choose one die in your exhausted pool and place it into your active pool on the side of your choice. Okay, so you get uh, a card, you get to, for two dice, you get a card, you get to use one of your exhausted dice and place it on a side of your choice, unexhausted. And then, as a focus one, if there are seven or more status tokens on your Phoenixborn, attach the Awakened State Conjured Alteration spell to it. So this is only a focus one, but you want to be able, because you need seven status tokens on your Phoenixborn, you either need other cards that put status tokens on your Phoenixborn, and I don't know of how many there are, or well, more con- or more copies of Concentration. <laughs> right. Well, um, he's only going to have three copies of Concentration. Yeah, so you, it, you could play probably all three, have one in your first five, and play all three, and hope that maybe you get... Other copies, so you can load well, load up the status yeah. counters. Yeah, um, answer is you meditate to find them. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what he's there for. Yeah. yeah so. If you have now, the meditation is only the first card, right? True, but so still like, pretty solid odds. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. What is um, it? A two card dig for meditate or something? A discard? No, yeah. meditate. You can meditate it's for as much as you die. want, oh, but gotcha. it's one card per die. Gotcha. I see. Um, oh, even better than just yeah. At least yeah. meditate for one as often often as is reasonable. Um, and then the awakened state. Spell is insane. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, they've spoiled the Phoenixborn for, for these two packs and their their signature cards. Right. We don't mm. know what else is going to be in the pack. So, so right, right. my yeah. guess is there's going to be a few cards in Oryx pack that do, do shenanigans with status tokens. We, yep. My guess. Yeah. We've seen yeah. that theme through both the both the Phoenixborn we've seen so far, right? Right. Both yeah. on units and on and on Phoenixborn. And admittedly, like as I'm as I'm evolving, as I'm deck building and and stretching my muscles and exercising my deck building muscles with Ash's deck building, I've kind of set status tokens aside. So any any cards that use status tokens, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to deal with that mechanic right now. I'm going to deal with just these things, right? Um, 
and trying not to use status tokens. So I'm not aware of the status, how, how many cards there are. I know Meonia, which is the Silver Snake, uh, Phoenix Born, she has a lot of status token stuff because that's what she does. Um, but I don't know how many of those might be useful in a deck with Gilstream. Um, the last card from Gilstream is the Awakened State, which is the one that you get, you put on him if you have seven or more status tokens on it. As a side action, you it's an Awakened State. As a side action, remove a status token from your Symphony Sport. So you have seven of them, you're removing one. If you do choose an opponent, deal one damage to a target unit they control, deal one damage to their target Phoenix Born. And the, the it has spell guard, so the spell cannot be affected by opponent's spell. That's pretty amazing. As a side action, you can just do damage. So that's seven damage. Yeah, he has a, he has a, a limit break. Yeah, you can you can yep. spread around basically. Yep. It takes and a while. It takes a while for him to get there, but then he can start pinging you. And as you're saying there as well, assuming there's other cards around, it's entirely reasonable. Might get more than seven status tokens on him. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so he just gets sillier and sillier. So, and well, yeah, that 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 would be a question for the player. Like, okay, I have seven. Do I go for eight or nine? Yeah. Or do I pull the trigger here at seven? Yeah. And just and go from there. Maybe, maybe a question of do you build for eight or nine or ten, or do you just focus on mm -hmm. getting to seven as quickly as possible? Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. I'd, again, so. I need to play this game a little more. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm talking very general card game, but it sounds sounds fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. No, and and Doug and I played a bit on Wednesday, and it's it's really weird to play. You were playing a pre-con deck. Recon. Recon I was playing deck. the Aerodel Recon the deck. The Aerodel Recon deck, and then I was playing a slightly modified uh, Rin deck. Yeah, Rin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was... It's it's fun to play other people in, in real life. <laughs> it's amazing. It is a fun game. Yeah, it is. It's just... The learning curve just seems steep on this one, right? And we talked about that last time. Where the only reason so the learning many curve cards. is steep is just because there's a, there's an existing card pool that we're not familiar with yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We're used to getting into games on the ground floor at the core set. Okay, yeah. so let's be honest, we're, we're used to getting spoilers beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> Quite yeah, serious spoilers too, beforehand by too. now, frankly. Well, yeah. but also also like, it's having we're coming in in a very different role, and it's just there's 400 plus cards, and there's a lot of people from the old. Mm -hmm. game old version of the game who have operationalized that stuff so like i just feel behind yeah, and, and and we're not able to crank out the games like we like we have before because it's it is a, it's not like a new game is being brand new released everybody's like oh it's a new game maybe i'll get into it mm -hmm. well, right? co combination of the fact that we can't yeah, play a whole ton yeah. and i'd say as well it, this is this is the people we saw join netrunner two years in we were all we know what it's like mm -hmm. we've done yeah, this for a true. while what that's true you know, yeah. we've yeah. got our background yeah, yeah. There's people going, yeah, I'll give it a go. And, like, and now we're like, no, yeah, we kind of know how you feel now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It's kind of nice that we've got five years of cards to deal with, though, in, in a lot of ways. I, I kind of like it. Just the there's options for deck building. There's, mm -hmm. there's a card universe that is going to take me a while to get through. When you, start, when you have just a core set for you know, six, eight months or whatever until, like, they start getting expansions out. Yeah, it's a little boring. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, it's, absolutely. Like, it's a very different experience, right? Because, you know, we've got Rivals right now, and it's it's fun to learn a new game, literally a brand new style of game, and then to grind on those cards. You know, yeah. to go, okay, I'm gonna, I can rank these out, I can really get a good feel of what these do, what they, you know, they can chew it over and chew over a small area. And that's fun, and a, and a different thing to, like you say, going in and going, well, yeah, um, okay, this is brand new. Uh, I guess give me something simple. I'll try that. I'll play that and see what it feels like. And mm -hmm. I'll go, okay, I can start to see the possibilities. And then you go like, well, I could try this. Or I could try this. 
or I can try this. Oh, geez, I can try that. And and and, and there, like you said, there is no end to what you can see coming up. Right. And in, in rivals, there's in rivals, it's a it's a you're testing each one a little bit. Yes. You're going down that path a couple of steps and then coming back and exactly. going down yeah. the other path and going down the other path and coming back. Mm. But with ashes. With ashes, you can go down the deep. What I find myself is I can go f- several paces further, right? Get lost, yes, and not know where I am, and then come back and go. Okay, I just I, I well, huh? I I'm just gonna, I, gonna, I, I don't yeah. I don't know where to go now. So I'm like, say, yeah. there's a little bit of just feeling uh, the the ground moves under your feet a little bit more with ashes because of totally. because of the t- yeah. card pull. I mean, in in rivals, I think we're just getting to the point where I'm all, huh? I could consider putting three different characters into my um, initial vampire pool versus mm-hmm. now looking at Phoenix Ball and going, oh, okay. not a damn clue. Give me a deck. <laughs> I will try that. See what the game does and work it out from there. You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Because look at like you say, just start looking at a deck build list and you're like, okay, that's yeah, no, no, okay. Right, <laughs> this is right, spreading right. out in front of me, which is great, but just having to find a start point. Well, interestingly enough, like so, talk talk about rivals. We can kind of set these games next to each other. Rivals is a brand new game, so we're there's on the vampirecardgame.com site. They have some deck lists for people who have played in the season zero online league some of the higher performers and they have some of the deck lists from the that the testers and the designers have played in in various ways and so you have those deck lists to go on but one of the interesting parts is that in both games at least for me learning both games i need kind of an explanation of what am I supposed to do with this deck? Yeah, what, what, what is my... Well, right? I mean, I'd say in like, Rivals more than Phoenix Bond, I think, is what's my aim here? What are my paths to victory? Because uh, in Phoenix because in Phoenix Bond, you've got some fairly solid ones straight down, right? Well, you know. but in Phoenix Bond, if, if, you're looking at, if you're looking at the recon decks, yeah. mm-hmm. right, you need it. I need an explanation of how to, how to play those. How to and, pilot it. And, they're, and they're, those are there on the Plat Hat site. Mm-hmm. But even then, I'm... As a new player, I'm still a little lost as to like, oh, here, here, because they're mentioning a lot of card names and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's more guidance there. And they have a first five, which is very helpful. Mm-hmm. They, they, for the most part, the Ashes stuff tells you, okay, you want, you're going for this kind of win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivals doesn't do that. And so the, it needs that. So and both of these games, I guess my point is both of these games need more than just a deck list. They need an explanation. Yeah, I think we'll so, get, yeah. some more than others. Yeah. Right. Well, so I'm kind of making a point there as well that Rivals has this thing of there are multiple there are multiple different ways to win. And some of them, particularly in the multiplayer side, are implied ones. You know, how do I use my um, how how do I use how does this deck try and deal with X situation around the table where people right. are doing this thing? You know what I'm saying? It's um, it's Rivals, the, the big thing I like about Rivals right now, particularly with a smaller card pool, is the small number of elements getting a lot of interesting complexity. Whereas right. Phoenix One seems to be, here's a lot of complexity that you pair down to an interesting game state. You know, the kind of opposites there. Well, so there's three win conditions for Rivals. Your rival, uh, a person loses all their vampires. All their vampires are either burned or in torpor. Mm-hmm. Um, a person loses their last prestige. Mm-hmm. Are the, and those are both losing conditions for that person that, tar- that trigger someone, else to, win. someone yeah. else to win. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone getting 13 agenda points, mm-hmm. which triggers their winning the game. I, we played last week, and I came in, quote-unquote, second in three games. I, I, I was I was wondering how much you might talk about this because yeah, a, a certain amount of tilt occurred, which is understandable. <laughs> but, you know, well, I got Jason down to one prestige, tw- 
in two games. Yep. Two games in a row, I got him down. And then the very next turn, either his or yours, someone won. And yeah. I'm like, fuck! Uh, to be fair, there was at least one, one point uh. where the Jason got you down to one blood short of him winning. Remember? Right, right, right. He right, came right, in, yeah, and the yeah, fact yeah. you had one defense, yeah, yeah. So it was like... He's like, oh... Wait, you the, wait, the wait. physical? Yes. You're saying that Jason was one, one short. short? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I know, yeah. Jason yeah. was one short. The thought occurred. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring it up, but the thought occurred. Oh yeah. You know. Um, I was. Yeah, I, I'm so, sorry I missed this because <laughs> I would have pointed it out. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know. Now in Rivals news, they also since we last recorded, they also announced um, the Wolf and the Rat, which is their second expansion, which is coming, which includes the Gangrel Clan and the Nosferatu Clan. Um, the first expansion will be Tremere and Thinbloods, and that I think that had been announced before we recorded last time. Oh yes, most definitely. Um, oh, yeah, it's been yeah. Out. that announcement's been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. and the pre-release tournament uh, will for the for there's going to be a pre-release tournament uh, for the uh, Tremere and Thinblood expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blood and Alchemy is what it's called. So there's going to be a pre-release tournament at Gen Con um, for that expansion so that'll be really cool people can play with those cards so they won't uh, they won't be the uh, able to be used in the regular in the rest of the event but they will be in that pre-release yes they will be in the pre-release i don't think they'll be able to be used in the main event because of because of time limitation right. makes sense right yeah. right, mm-hmm. right right yeah that's a good way to ha- that's a good way to handle it yeah I'd, I'd like i'd like to see more of that that works well if i think about the various card of games we've gone to where even when it's been a couple of weeks early just someone having a better shipping schedule or a better access mm-hmm. to a Better access to a local store is, is shaking that up. So yeah, I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. That's yeah. good. Um, and then the yeah the the wolf and the rat and the gangrel and the Nosferatu is pretty cool too. I like Ooh, those. Yeah. And so we'll have um, more animalism coming into the game. We'll have oh, more obfuscate coming into the game. Or yeah, some animalism, animalism and protein, I, right? I, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's already some protein in the, in the yes, game. Yes, protein's on the on at least one of the main main um, the main like probably lead of vampire spoilers. I saw had protein. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Protein, um, that's a good one. Yeah. And then, um, so the so those are the those are the skills from the uh, Gangrel and the Frotu. And then the Thin Bloods, the Tremere rely on putting mixing their blood, and this operationalizes in terms of you putting your blood counters on someone else's vampires, and then you can use that blood and you can control those vampires a little bit. It, I haven't I oh, haven't delved into I've, the spoilers too much because I want to kind of surprise myself. Well, I'll turn this around a little bit, but, particularly for oof. you here, and if we end up working on the pre-release tournament, have you looked at the rules questions on this yet? No, no. So no. one, so this actually messes up the game system a little bit shall we say okay so first of all the um the the nature of that of those abilities you mentioned of you you putting your blood on other people mm-hmm. now means that every single player actually has um tokens of their color in prestige and blood mm-hmm. right? shared 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 sets yeah that is limited including your general supply okay so not just the amount you have in your pool Available to spend, available to spend, but the actually in your general supply, those are limited. And when it says you steal from someone, you literally take one of their color blood tokens and add it to add it to whatever you're adding it to. Oh wow! Okay. So there's a whole rule set that Matt Hyro is poking up. I see why. <laughs> I, saw this, I saw this whole thing on the thing. I was going through. What are they talking about? Why does this matter? And then I read the Tremere cards and I'm like. Oh, oh, geez. Okay, that's no small thing. So, yeah, this is this is going to be a bit of a, a tiny bit of a mental hurdle for some place <laughs> to get around. Because I was reading the reading both the discords. I, I follow both the unofficial official, right, 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 right. Because I'm because I'm going to be judging. I check in most days and go like, what's happening? Yeah, me Come too. Come on, what's what's everyone doing? You know, and it's it's a good, it's nice though anyway. But it's a, yeah. but particularly I'm like, I need to know this shit. Oh my god, I need to know this shit. And I was I read through going, 
why are they arguing about this? Well, I'm arguing, why are they discussing this? Why does this matter? And then I looked at the spoilers and went, oh, oh my. Yeah. So that's going to throw people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, hell, if anyone's making secondary set stuff for um for Vampire, that's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> it has it, to be the right number. Yeah, it has <laughs> to be the right number. <laughs> and totality, and you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, and also, yeah, don't don't lose a don't lose a token from your from your board set. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. That'll be so, a thing. So that's coming up. Um, and then, so Tremere rely on you know blood mixing, and then you can control other vampires. All sorts or of having stuff, yeah. uh, having all kinds of weird well, effects. <clears throat> and then Thin Bloods is all about a lot of little guys, a lot of little yeah, vamps. Um, out. Potency one vampires, mm-hmm. tiny tiny peeps. Yep. For example, turn and up. And it's their stick is the highest is I've seen. I think reducing the blood potency. Right. Yes, and and some of it, and well, just swarming too. I mean, sheer amount of people and buffing, yeah. and it's um, it's all white deck stuff. It's, it's white weenie we, rush. White, yeah, it's white weenie with buffs because a lot of their okay. things are all add these stats to these guys for cheap. Yeah, and a lot of them, a lot. Of oh, the and attach- you gain actions too. There's like yeah, yeah. Well, that's the one recruit. I was going to say. Yeah, the attachments they have say if you attach this to a thin blood vampire, gain an action, so it becomes mm-hmm. a free, a free attachment. Yeah. yeah, and you're quite right. There's some multiple. At least one of their cards says if this is the like third or more action of your turn, do an extra thing. Oh really? Oh. So my assuming gosh. assuming you've spent at least one bonus <laughs> thing, that's quite smart. I like that because that's a good way of having additional actions and making the cards effective. You know, about it being like the, the problem of, dear God, you're getting one third more of a turn than the rest of us? Yeah. Like, no, it balances out. Because there's, well, the, there's it, the rituals on the Tremere too, which are generally um, two actions ago. Mm-hmm. So that's there's like, my turn is involved in Tremere's. doing this thing. Yeah. You know, kind of the thing that, about the, the Tremere pack that really interests me the most is one of the new tokens that's in the pack, the feeder token. Yes. Oh, you're right, 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 that right. That too, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've, I haven't read any of the spoilers or anything like that. I'm, I'm just waiting until I get my pack. But I'm looking forward to seeing how those work. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think with with everything that's happened and with my schedule and everything else, I'm actually, and even though we are podcasting about this, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to try to not like dive in headfirst into spoilers like I used to with L5R, uh, like I used to with other games. Like I. I used to dive headfirst, and we'll have these. Mm-hmm. We'll have these spoilers as we've talked about. We've read the cards from the Ashes stuff, and we've looked at some Tremere. But I'm not going to go in and go try pre-build with them. Try yeah, try to pre-build with that stuff and try down. to really yeah. analyze and speculate as as to how I might use this once the cards are released. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm my headspace is not in that in that place where I can give that time so i can get that i mean now, right now anyways right know. now yeah. right now i'm saying now now being literally outside the industry as i am when i wasn't before mm-hmm. i i encounter things what feels like much a, a degree less early than i would mm-hmm. normally i'd be one of the first people to get hold of the pack or without access mm-hmm. and look at them i would spend a certain amount of time discussing with people outside of the podcast much more than i would do now right yeah, right, right, kind right, of, right. I mean, spend my daily my, my working day going yeah you see this thing you know frothing away so yeah, I'm kind of in the same state where I'm kind of happy to go. Yeah, I can chill and see about this turn because I, I looked over the spoilers, but I looked over and kind of just get, to set, get a a general feel of what's approaching. Yeah, not the to go, future can be a little long. bit blurrier than yeah, we'd, yeah, we totally. had it being you know yeah, a year yeah. or two ago. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is an aging thing, gentlemen. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All of us going. You know what? <laughs> no, I think it's more. I would honestly think it's more of a pandemic fatigue sort of thing honestly once once we're to the point where uh you know like in 2022 hopefully Mm -hmm. where we're going to tournaments and um you know having you know like having like 
little you know our little store tournaments at Total Escape or going to you know Gen Con or things like that and playing mm-hmm. in tournaments at you know at big conventions and stuff like that. Once we start getting into that mode again, that you, if you're we might change that opinion. We mm-hmm. might get more spiky about it. Yeah, more invigorated. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, I think I think you sure. hit the same. I think you hit a very solid point, and I think the um, the phrase I've heard from multiple sources, which sums it up nicely, which is it's 2020, time is meaningless. And we yeah. had that for uh, nearly nearly eighteen months, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> now, we wanted to talk a little bit because we've played some rivals, and mm-hmm. we played probably more rivals than we at least. Well, actually, it's probably about well, the same amount. Have, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. More. I've played more rivals than I have ashes, but only just barely. I want to talk a little bit. I think we should talk a little bit about deck building and rivals. Mm-hmm. Because you and I and Jason and Doug, we've all, the four of us have had these conversations. Like, we don't know how, like, you have a 40-card deck. Mm-hmm. Well, you could have a 60-card deck. True. You could. You could have a 40-card yeah. deck, three-card limit for each copy. You have seven vampires, one card, one vampire cop, one copy of that vampire. Mm-hmm. You identify a leader. Uh, the first player starts with a vampire card in their hand and four cards from their deck in their hand, so four plus one. The other, the other non-first player players start with four plus two. Mm-hmm. So already, you have a leader in play and you have two vampires out of your seven. So that allows, as you guys have been very quick to point out, mm-hmm. me who have a promo, I have a promo of a smoke <laughs> vampire, and he comes On out the almost table every, every damn game. game. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have the copy because I got it. It was part of the Kickstarter we should, we, stuff. We should throw the detail so. here too because honestly, the existence of this vampire has confused at least one of us about the game rules because Jason, for a while, was was sure that it was like a vampire ready at the end of the turn because Smoke was because you because you were doing it, we were going before him every time. He's like, ready vampire? No, you can't do that. He's like, that's him. No, you don't get to ready. He's like, he just ready a vampire. That's yeah, true. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, no. um, I need to get a copy so. of that. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. Well, he, I think he's in the. Yeah. OP stuff, right? He's in one of the uh, OP yeah. Packets. He's he's, oh, he's in he's in the first OP kit. Yeah. So is my the smoke being exclusive to Tobin is a short-lived phenomenon. <laughs> well, At we'll some point, I will have one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and I will have to. We will have to. Uh, well, pull and push ourselves over him, right? When you well, you can't. well, that's one of the points to bring up there. Oh, right, right, you, you right, mentioned right. you mentioned the seven the seven vampire setup leaders coming down, and we actually had this turn up for the first time, didn't we? In the last yep. game we played. Yeah, well, something, but something you need to be aware of when you're building your vampire deck, your deck of seven vampires, you need to not just identify a single leader. You need to identify at least two. Yeah, have an idea of what multiples will be, and that's exactly what I'm referring to here because we had um two um. Toreador decks come face yep. to face, and we had an honest bid off for um, what's the name? Li Shu. I'm pretty sure that's right. Chen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, for yeah, for for, for Li Shu. And unsurprisingly, it was a case of like I was playing one of the ones where it was focused around her, so I bid relatively high and actually lost to a prestige loss in the end, which mm-hmm. was definitely that was definitely one of the swing points mm-hmm. for all that she all that she was still essential and got me to a chance of a win. I, I ran out of prestige and I bid bid two for that, which right, was a fairly right. fairly strong. And part. so when you let's discuss that a little bit. So when you have when you start with with two players they're setting up their 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 play space and you have your leader face down and then everybody one by one reveals their leader mm-hmm. and then if there's a conflict if there's a leader represented twice then those two players will bid prestige for the right to have that player the mm-hmm. losing player 
bids uh, chooses another leader to use and puts the leader uh, that they didn't get it back into well, their another, vamp- another vampire yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and worth noting there that's a one-off bid too. So the starting in player order, it's a bid a, bid a certain amount of prestige. Then the second person does it, and that's it. You just resolve it straight away. No, yep. no messing around or nothing. Yep. Yeah, and only and only the actual winner pays. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason I was mm-hmm. ding dinged for two, you know, yep. kind of thing. Yep. So and so you go around like with that. Now, once your gameplay starts, once a vampire is out and controlled by another player, it, you can't even bring it out. Uh, another player can't even bring out that vampire. The, the vampire that's in play has to end up in torpor first. Then the other person can bring out the second copy of that vamp. And in that case, the vampire in torpor burns. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. So it burns away. So once you're in, once the vampire is in torpor, it can be played by another player, and then the torpor vampire goes the, away. The imposter is burned. Yeah, is refers I, to it, I yeah. have a feeling smoke is going to be uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> headed to torpor. It's actually it's actually not similar. a bad strategy to to uh, you know have that as a part of your vampire deck. You know, I know I know Tobin's going to be playing smoke, so I'm going to include my copy of smoke, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to focus on if if smoke is a big part of your strategy for winning, I'm going to try and torpor him and then put out my copy mm-hmm. yeah and it, well it's interesting because it works the other way around too yeah. you know you could be thinking um i'll i will i'm planning to use smoke you know smokes well like they say the reason we say smoke is partly because we want to get rid of the one being used by someone we know who uses it mm-hmm. and on the flip side smoke's a good card if we get him out we're not going to complain right but then that turns into we get him out first so is so he's going to try and burn it you know what i'm saying <laughs> right, so right, right, it's right. in some ways it's a really interesting interplay it's unique i think i can't it's think a meta dynamic yeah like there, yeah. there's a there, there's a dynamic there with the meta that you play in exactly yeah like, if smoke is played a lot people will play a lot more will, smoke to it's, it's other one way to tech against yeah. it yeah. Yeah. yeah well it's one one thing i'm seeing this pop up on the discord now people are talking about the malkavian inmate because he's got that oh, whole yeah. um, spend, spend for Damn a bonus attack, a gun. which is a big nuke. He's hitting two fizzle anyway. That's one of the cheapest, like, just Why do you think someone. I'm considering building a Bruja Malkavian deck? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's um, there an interesting point, though. Whatever deck you're building, there's nothing to stop you putting a single non-clan in. There's no harm. Very low odds of a single non-clan messing up your ability to play cards, because you've got plenty of the others, mm-hmm. and he's just good. But do you do that? Because if it's a one-off that's just good, then people can... You see, like you're saying, that dynamic yeah, 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 goes yeah. round and round and round well, so, here. So, it's really so, so let's, let's talk about those seven vampires. So I, in order to play a card from any clan-specific cards, you need to control mm-hmm. and have in your coterie, meaning not in torpor, you need to have in your coterie a, a vampire of that clan. Mm-hmm. Any vampire can play the card, but you need to have a vampire yes. of that clan as in your As long as they meet the blood potency Of course, yes. Uh, outside of that, yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. The playing, the playing vampire has to meet the BP yes. requirement. Yes, right? they do yeah. indeed. Yes, but it doesn't matter. So, what doesn't, yes. so yeah, if you're pl- if you're trying to play a clan specific card, they have to have the clan symbol and the correct blood potency. Yes, that's normal. That, yeah. Those are the, those are the two requirements for playing a card. Right. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing that I hadn't considered. If I have a three blood capacity Bruja, mm-hmm. can I play a f- a Bruja card that requires five blood capacity? Yes. Here's the wording you're looking for. Here, there are two requirements to play a card. One of them is Ex- to generally play an action is to uh, do what you need to do with the vampire. So either exhaust them if it's an action or if it's right. a reaction or attack. The character playing the card must match or exceed the blood potency required. Okay. The second requirement is to play a play a faction a faction marked card in your coterie must be at least one vampire of the appropriate faction. Okay. All That's right. the specifics. It hadn't yeah. occurred to me that those. Okay. Okay. They so are I've separate. got it right. They are separate. Yeah. Um. But it, the yeah. But the, you have the, those both have to be met. Exactly. Yes. But they are yeah. yeah individual they, rules. You, different different vampire uh, different vampires can meet those requirements. Right. Yeah. yeah and totally. so I was including, 
I was I had Bruja in my Venture, right? Venture Splash. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had two Bruja in there. Now I have three. And I found it really easy to get those vampires. I, when I only had two, I was like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Because I was starting with three out of the seven. And then you draw one vampire, and you're like, oh, okay. There's four out of seven, and I have, like, it's the, the highly unlikely high. that yeah. you're going to not get those cards. So what's interesting, you could pretty easily play three, two, two. If it was, yeah, certainly, yeah. I mean, yeah, actually, yeah, you when know? you say it, it's one of those ones. If you, even if you just assume, if you build a deck that will work and play in a way that gives you a couple of turns, because three turns in, you've seen, if you're first player, you've seen um, your vampires, assuming you spend all your card draw. Right. If, you, if, you're, if you're not first player, you've seen all of your vampires and one from your deck, assuming you dump everything into that. Yeah. And without spending any actions and stuff like that, that's not horrible. That's perfectly fine. And that assumes absolute worst case scenario, right? right. For a handful of vampires, probably game discarded for other effects now. But hey, such right. is the way, you know. Yeah, no, no, it's. Yeah, so you could go three, two, two. So that's interesting. Um, now we the 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 deck, the mm-hmm. forty card to sixty card deck. We talked about how many actions you have, how many combat reaction or action and reaction cards you have for combat. Mm-hmm. I've loaded mine up for twenty five, twenty six, and that seems about right. But there's some some turns I don't have anything to do. Well, you you so were going, well, still like, you were going mm. a fairly aggressive deck still. You, yeah. you, you're assuming to go out, you're going to fight and beat things up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like over half of them being attacks seems about right. But as you made the point, the, the occasion you'd have an attack in hand and go, well, there's nothing good for it. You know, right. yeah, there's nothing useful here. Yeah, I've I was playing something similar with my Toriador, and I was a little bit lower. I think it was like twenty one, twenty two, but still in that okay. half or so, right? And what yeah. are the other cards? Well, in the Toriador one, it's interesting. It's some support ongoings, you know, so um, Influencer, Beauty is a Beast, because I've got a citizen, okay. citizen, re- citizen Retainer Focus. Search um, Engine, maybe. Yeah. So a half a dozen I'd, of those? Yeah, I mean, do, uh, I'd have to go check. Maybe a little more in my case, because I've got a scheming side play. And the scheming side play let me lean into a few Influence support cards, because okay. there I think is an interesting one. And I've I, originally I was on the train for... You need to think about influence, at least have a answer to influence in a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Having seen the way people are playing, I think you need some answer to influence in a two-player. I think if, you can, if you're can, if sitting opposite a, a one-player play, one opponent who is focusing on winning influence stuff and you have no real way to stop them, it's done. It's like playing that run and not being able to run. You know, right. it's just going to collapse. Right. Well, so. I would think... I would think... I haven't played a two-player yet, but I, yeah. but I have given this some thought. I would think you either need influence mm-hmm. or you need direct attack <laughs> like yeah. some way to just put them down yeah right? i think well the, like you say the other the other good one there to mention is the defensive cards i think that's the really interesting question is how much how yeah, much you go into those yeah and that's where we see that's where these guys have splashed a lot of milk mm-hmm. to pr- play that one yeah, defensive insanity like defense. insanity defense, defense card in addition to the others just, it's just good yeah. well yeah. there, there are just some really good cards in milk uh, yeah. Street Preacher is great. Mm-hmm. Also, you you went there the other day. I I was playing one of the Malt Conspiracy decks, and um, I had uh, what do you call it? Distraction, mm-hmm. and we had a horrible SAD game. Like it was like oh, there was right. no less than two on the table at all times. Right, like all the way through the game, and it, mm-hmm. and that was the minimum. And like the game ended pretty damn fast. And I got like multiple distractions off just going, and my rival can deal with two damage instead of me. Right. It's like, oh, right. you know, yeah. that's awful. That's so right. so yeah. So there's interesting stuff there. I think. Malk is probably the best splash clan uh, out of the out of everything in the core set. Reasonable call, yeah, 
you know, I mean, you can, you can the, there's a lot of things you can build where, like, I'm, you know, going to build a Torrior deck, and then I'm going to splash, splash Malkavian. The Bruja Sucker Punch is also worth Bruja, splashing Bruja. Mm -hmm. That's, I, that's yeah, also no, a good one. That, uh, my, but, yeah. I, the next deck that I build is going to be a Bruja Malk deck. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking and cogitating on it <laughs> all right um, cool. and what you've got is a fighter deck you can punch and you can tank <laughs> you know yeah you know i know right yeah no. <laughs> that's that's the whole point of the yeah, deck is just yeah. to mow everybody down and not get killed in response <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah all right so you have 20 ish maybe a little bit north of 20 combat cards you mm. have some ongoing schemes um, well, if I can, what else? Like add a little combo, add a little actions, titles. Yeah. Well, I mean, fair point there. I think you're into the. What, when you say what else, it's the what else is the deck trying to do? Because I do think there's, a, like you said, you said there's a point at which bang, um, adding more attacks to the deck hits diminishing returns. Right. Because you can't always attack, you can't always make take advantage of it. Because you yourself will get countered. There might not be any good targets on the table. If it's multiplayer, you might not want a king make. You know that kind mm -hmm. of thing, right? So yeah, there's the other question: is what else is your deck trying to do? I'm in a fortunate place where running Toriador, I can say scheme. I have good ways of getting points and prestige back and building my board state out by scheming. Mm -hmm. You play Malkavian, then obviously you can go conspiracy nuts mm -hmm. quite happily. Yeah. You've got those toys in there. Um, yeah. Venture allows you the title focus. Yeah, you know? although uh, after our discussion, after our games, I changed my agenda from mm. getting a title to uh, bleed them slowly or whatever it was. Bleed them dry, bleed them, bleed dry. them dry. You haven't played it. I don't think you played against this yet, have you? There's a thing. So I thought it was, I thought it was bleed them slowly. Oh, so whatever. Yeah, it's something, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever it is. So it's the one. For, yeah. for those of you who haven't played Rivals, there's also two other things, two other factors in the deck build, which is your Haven, which is dictates what your leader, what your leader ability is. Mm -hmm. um, and then your agenda which is how you accumulate agenda points towards those it determines 13. your agenda win condition right yeah, yeah. and it's a, um, it's a goal card yeah the the one that i had been using relied on whenever a vampire uh i controlled gained a title i got agenda points two agenda right two. yeah mm -hmm. and i was like well the only way the only you know i kind of added it up because usually i had three vampires so i'd get six agenda points and then i have to get agenda points in some other manner and then, but then I switched to bleed them dry, which is you get an agenda point every time you do at least one damage to a a, a foe's vampire without defeating without them. defeating them. So as we said, so what it is is it like, attack boom, an opposing boom, vampire, boom, boom. and in ninety percent of the circumstances, gain a point. Yeah. The only time you don't gain a point is when you do nothing to them. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. And then so and making the point that um, so that's pretty much guaranteed a point a turn, which is why you have that attack build you mm -hmm. have, which is very reasonable. Um, and why I, why I'm not so sure that your attacks need to come down. I think you're in the. I think it may even be a case where you might want to double down more and get more things to support. Well, at this point, I'm, I'm at this you point know? I'm actually don't have. I've kind of run out of attack cards unless yeah. I put in another clan mm -hmm. i've more or less run out of attack cards i'm like well mm. i think 26 is what you can run <laughs> yeah it might be yeah maybe it's a case reasonably like yeah. I, there's a couple of other attacks on in there but i'm like i don't have the dominate or yeah. i don't have the then i have to change the vampire mix mm -hmm. a little bit yeah but. but it's it's an interesting one there because like we say you should be gaining a point a turn and if you push you'll gain two so mm -hmm. you've got a nice little, like you say, you can literally bleed slow or you can match the bigger agendas just by going, I smacked that guy, I smacked that guy. Because it cracked us up because the number of times you make an attack and we're like, 
Really? Oh yeah, <laughs> shit. That's what he's doing. You know, he just yeah. he just wants the pingy for one. That's all it, he cares about. It gives about. me incentive to do something, right? Yeah. You know, it's a very very forward moving deck. I think the big kicker is for you though, as you found, is you do overextending is easy because you're multiple exhausting in mm-hmm. the streets. But then again, there's freaking smoke. And he's in the background going, "Nope, ready one. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. We can just ping one." He's so, cool. He's cool. Smoke's yeah. cool. Uh, I mean, having looked at it, I think the thin blood guys and your uh, bleed them dry is still going to be. A fun toy. Number sheer number of bodies. If they can, well, if they can do it. But we, yeah. have you seen the agendas that are in the Tremere pack? Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. have. Yeah, there's, there's there's the oh yeah, there's all sorts of options. No argument. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Oh, and we, we'll bring up one last little thing to me. So one definitely sure. we've, we've attached onto here is we said at the start of the game, "Wow, SAD suck," and we're going to change that to, to "Wow, SAD are freaking game shaping," because yeah. what happens with the SAD in the event deck has just SAD for Special Affairs Division, yeah, the assholes who come vampire hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, how they turn up shapes every game. There is no two ways about it. It shaped Absolutely. every single game we played. Absolutely enough so that I, I'm far more on side with playing the uh, hunters one where you go after them. Where you cycle them yourself and go and kill them for points. Yeah, I think that's far more of a sensible thing. Throw distraction in for the Malkavian. Throw some defensive tricks. Get some early, early vagrants. Yeah. Another thing. We, that's that's an opinion we switched on. Vagrants are kind of bad too. <laughs> yeah, vagrants yeah. are essential. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, those essential. first couple games, we're like, vagrants are all right, whatever. You're fine. We're good. Whatever. Blah. And then all of a sudden, after a couple games with SADs on the board, the entire freaking game. Note that Doug never like, necessarily yeah. shared that opinion. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no argument. No argument. Yeah. I had that opinion. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, vagrants are yeah. good. I'll, I'll yeah. go for vagrants. Vagrants. Oh God, go, go, go get one at the very least. <laughs> dear Lord. Yeah. Uh, Became a case of like, I could get some points this turn, or I could take a vagrant. Off you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, my word. Yep. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so vamp- so both games are, t- I mean, we- Doug and I played on Wednesday. We played some Ashes, and, and that was uh, pretty fun. I, w- I learned some about w- what exactly, how you do things. It's The timing of that is crucial. The same thing for Rivals. Like, you need to really, the order of operations is pretty the, important. I don't know. That can be said about yeah. any card game, really. Yeah. I would say rival. the big thing with Rivals is there are a number of procedures to remember. Yeah. The, how, how an attack is played out is very precise, and there is a lot of thought process and, and interaction within that choice process. You okay. know, I choose something, they exhaust it. I choose where I'm putting the attack card down. I choose who I'm going for. What I'm, I state what I'm doing. My opponent has a number of choices to make. Mm-hmm. Then we do some things, and then some other choices can occur, and okay. then trick can go there. You know, that kind of thing. And then let's not even get into the like, influence bits or conspiracies. Right. There are, that's the big thing with rivals. The, for a new player coming in, is there is a number of specific procedures to learn and to get into your head. I don't know about Phoenix Ball, but I would not be too surprised to discover the sum in there too. Um, you know. There aren't as many subsystems. Mm-hmm. Because if you if so you've got the, like the the main game system for for rivals you know I play vampires I you know kill stuff in the streets or I attack my opponent once you get into conspiracies and uh, schemes mm-hmm. then those are those are specific subsystems that are their own rule set that. Yep make things difficult or if you get into the bidding for the prince of the city that's another specific sub oh yeah there's, there's that, a that has you know one, its yeah. own rules that you have to be aware of so you know if you if you compartmentalize like that it makes it a little easier possibly to to mm-hmm. th- reason about the game to to learn the game i find ashes a little it's a little more straightforward there's a, there's there's fewer things like that um uh, the the pro- the thing with ashes ashes is a very simple game you play out ready spells you uh, play out allies and conjurations into your battlefield, and you send your dudes 
at the other dude to try and kill him. Yeah. It's it, it it's a slightly different variation on the Magic the Gathering theme. Uh, except for instead of you know playing out lands every turn, you've got ten dice that you're rolling every turn, and so you, so there's no mana screw that sort of thing. So the there aren't really a lot of from from what I've run into like subsystems that are that are like specific rule sets within the rule book. It's you can meditate, you can you can attack, you, you know you, etc. So there there there's a there's a, a finite set of things. The real complexity is uh, in the card abilities. Mm-hmm. Like like in a lot of card games, every card is its own separate subsystem. Every card can and does in some ways break the rules. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. So you know, knowing so it's when you get into, okay, I've got these things in my hand. How do I combo them together to best uh, you know affect my opponent negatively? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's where the complexity. So the, the complexity is in slightly different areas. Yeah, there there's some complexity of that nature in rivals. But with the smaller card pool, there are fewer things to break the rules. I think the, the well, term, uh, term you're looking for is implicit, right? Because of the way things, the way the Phoenix Ball stuff can all come together, there's more implicit complexity in one spot rather than in in the case of rivals, it's explicit. Right. Here is this set. Here is this set. Here is this. Well, set. and yeah. and and what we're kind of saying the I same think, thing. What yeah, I yeah, think Norm Doug agreed. is yeah. getting to yeah. is that there's more rules in the rule book in rivals. Yeah, oh, then totally. there are in ashes. Totally, yeah. yeah. Right, so you That's have the princes yeah. of the city subsystem. You have the prince of the city rules. Mm. You have rules for titles. Mm. You have rules for um, uh, attack. Mm-hmm. Right, you have rules for attack in Phoenixborn. You have rules, for, or sorry, you have rules for attack in ashes, but the effects in ashes are largely on the cards. That's yeah, you, yeah. you have yeah, totally. you have yeah. main action side action mm-hmm. and all that stuff is laid out for you on the cards. There's a couple of defaults that you can have for main action, which are you know attacking, and then there's blocking, guarding, and ashes, and then there's meditating in ashes. Otherwise, it's all on the cards. Yeah, and then rivals, it's mostly in the rules what actions you have, yeah. and you need to know what actions you take and. Right. You know what they can be. I mean, and, you, and then those are altered by the cards on the table. Yeah. But in Ashes, the cards on the table determine what you do. Yeah, you, you right? could quite shortly summarize it right there is almost all the cards in Vampire, including the spoilers thing we've seen, are quite simple. Yeah. Because they have quite a deep rule set to be applied mm-hmm. to, to be mm-hmm. totally right. to them. So if you look, if you look at, if you look at Phoenix, like yeah. the attack cards in Rivals, yeah. they but, have simple statements, you know, a yeah. sentence or two. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty short. You know, if you look at the printout that we have in front of us of these ashes cards, text boxes, baby. Yeah, the, I mean, these are paragraphs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So, in some, in a lot of ways, there, rivals feels a bit more like a board game style design because that's more common in board games to have simple pieces and lots of rules about what you do with them. Yeah, where card games normally certainly magic. You're bringing standard, us into yeah. a board game, yeah. card game argument again. Uh, it's a, making a comparison, but saying that's, that's a, I think that's a completely fair statement, totally defensible. Because because on the flip side, Phoenixborn look like magic cards. They do. Yeah. Here's here's mm-hmm. a box of text saying what this thing does. In mm-hmm. fact, honestly, the answer is they like FFG cards. Because that's what FFG have never been, never shied away from, a block O text. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other ideas on, any other thoughts on Rivals as it um, stands? Debt building in general. Um, like I say, the defense question, I think, is a big one. How many defense cards? How 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 much do you rely on it? How much do you plan to hang back in your san- in your haven? Oh, okay. How much do you how reactions. much do you throw it at a time? How aggro are you being? Yes, reactions being what I'm referring to there. Yeah. Um. How much do you just screw it and take slap in the face because everyone freaking does? Yeah. Just because I'm gonna get hit anyway, so 
last last <laughs> I swear like the last couple of games we played was like something out of a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> everyone across the face. <laughs> like, holy fuck, what is yeah, this? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> just every, almost every attack was slap in the face. Slap in the face? Yeah, okay. Or rather, it was like, I'm attacking you. How much are you hit me for slap in the face? You know, yeah, that's what's coming up. It was, it was ludicrous. You're attacking me and I'm hitting you back, <laughs> you know, which doesn't yeah. happen often. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the thing that we didn't quite get right because I think it's one of the um, little yellow cards that is an attack reaction. Mm hmm. So it's a weird little. You can use it to hit people, mm -hmm. and you can use it to hit people back, and that there's, took some figuring out. To there's realize. actually yeah. a number of uh, attack slash reaction uh, cards mm -hmm. in the in the set, so just be careful of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah that, that kind of calls out. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I will make one overstatement that's worth telling to people who are either just getting into the game or thinking about it. That deck in the center messes things up, like in the best ways. The, the big big unusual thing about rivals is that event deck. Yeah, interacting. It yeah. is both a battlefield and a board state and a ticking timer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a number of times we'll we'll go and say, "Does anyone know how SAD? How many SAD left in the deck? Have a look at this card pile." <laughs> okay, cool. You know, um, does anyone? You know, so much so that I took my specific haven to be able to cycle. I took the Venture Haven from the from the right. from the precons. And I have no intention whatsoever of doing any, like, it's, it's, I don't care about the title influence thing, not interested. I just want to cycle that deck to either get rid of SAD or get Citizens out for myself. Right. And I think that's a good sign of a, a good sign of a card pool when I look at something and go, I want half of this card. Right. I want half of this card a lot. Enough okay. that, <laughs> enough okay. that, you know, yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting stuff. Cool. Uh, all right. And then, um, oh, I, I did have something to say about Keyforge. So, uh, Dark Tidings got released. I've been playing a lot of it. We played uh, in a Dark Tidings sealed tournament uh, a week ago. A week ago? Two weeks ago. And it was great fun. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but there's been a lot of, I, I listened to, as you might imagine, you know, I'm a podcast listener, so I listen to a lot of game podcasts and so on and so forth. And the Keyforge Adventures, for those of you who don't know, it was released as a print and play. So Fantasy Flight designed it, did all the play testing, did the design, and then released it on the website so that people could download files and print them off them for themselves. And this has created, as you might imagine, a lot of complications, like how big do you make the file, how, where do you put it, what are, your, what are your lead lines, what all this stuff is to get the best cards out of it. And there's been a lot of folks who've uh, not unjustifiably said, you know, why didn't they just release this as, as a product? Mm -hmm. And... I guess I, I wanted to respond to those people who were saying oh, we we sh they should have released this as a product. I'm like, well, okay, they should have released this as a product. So you still don't have it then. Then you wouldn't have yeah. it right now. You wouldn't be able to play it. You wouldn't even know it existed. It wouldn't hit until maybe 22. Yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. it might hit by the end of 21. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I like, there's yes, there's consternation and people are lamenting that FFG couldn't do this, but. They released well, there it for, are in people print that and play for a reason. That right? have uploaded it to uh, print-on-demand sites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so people are being yeah, able to do that. that but they had to, th those people had to go through that. Yeah. Those, think, those hurdles, right, yeah, to get yeah. it printed exactly, off yeah. in, a, in a good manner, in a, in a way that people were proud of. Yeah. And I just want to – I guess I've been hearing this a lot on, on various podcasts, and I want to provide a rebuttal saying, one, Fantasy Flight, this is the first time they did anything like this where they changed – uh, Keyforge, which is inherently a two-player game to a cooperative one-to-three-player game. So they didn't know how it was going to be received, right? Okay, yeah. And then and they they didn't have the, the capacity in their in their production to put it out in a quick way. 
Well, it'd be so the- those two things together, like we don't know how it's going to be received, and we don't know how long it's going to take us to get get it to market. So they released it as a print play. So for those who are lamenting, yes, yes, I'm with you. I wish it was a product, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's out in the world and people are enjoying it, and to a large extent, people are enjoying it. Um, and yes, I'm biased. <laughs> I play tested the thing. I helped with the rule set. I'm biased, but yeah, you I know, enjoyed once, once, testing it. It was it was great to test. And once we got a handle on the key rack, and certainly, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, it took a while, sure. so you know. The, and and like, the abyssal comp- conspiracy, both both adventures oh, yeah. were were fun. Yeah, I mean, like, and are fun. I, I I would throw in there. It's obvious why part of why this is coming up. No one likes having an extra step of being put in the way of what they want to get. Right. Yeah, Everybody would true. rather yeah. go to a store and spend yeah. 10 and or 15 bucks on the product. And it's worth noting for Keyforge particularly, because people playing Keyforge are used to 10 bucks, a thing, ready to go, crack it open, roll. Mm-hmm. They don't even, they're not even mm-hmm. like popping tokens out or anything. Right? <laughs> you know, not, not anywhere near that. Well, only if you, you know. buy the two-player starter or the deluxe pack, and that's then you're it. popping tokens. Yeah, that's yeah. about And it's a pretty, fairly limited amount, right? You know, it's like, yep. yeah, for, for those of us used to an FFG production, shall we say, or yeah, 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 going, yeah. <gasps> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can get that. But yes, you make a fair point there that, um, I mean, like say, even current climate, current situation, we've gone through we still have last year hanging over us who knows how long it would have been before we got a physical product yeah. you know? and, and but I for one I enjoy watching Reddit because Reddit tends the, the, the Reddit folks tend to post like hey I just beat KFA I just beat the key racking for the oh, first time this is my second that. game and I beat him or uh, this is the 15th game and I finally won <laughs> right and if you didn't have having having done as, as much playing of this as I have keep playing if you have a game that goes one way one time and you're like, well, that was pretty easy, <laughs> play it a second time with the same deck, see how it goes. I'm play it say, a third time with the same deck, see how it goes. Because sometimes it all comes out on like how many artifacts land on the on the locations where you are in Abyssal Conspiracy. How many of the creatures come out in the key rack and experience versus the creatures you have. Holy moly. I think I'd summarize Each as that. Game is done. I don't Each think I'd want different. to publish our win rate. From testing. Oh no! <laughs> no 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 no! Hell no! That was bad. Um, no. So. All right. So in in last quote unquote last minute any, news, any, whatever. Any other, any other, other business? News? Yeah, yeah. So Doug, you had something you wanted to share? Oh sure. Um. So uh, there's actually been a lot going on with Arkham Horror lately. Okay. So mm-hmm. we've got a new fact yeah. and some other stuff, you know, so and some updated taboos, some updated card errata, yeah. things like that. Yeah, taboos mm-hmm. and facts and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's not really what I, what I want to talk about though, because that stuff is pretty straightforward and it's it's. I think they're flat out good changes. So mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like you say, it's take or leave. You can choose to use it or not. It's up to you guys in your game group. Right. So, so they're, they're good yeah. changes. If you like them, use them. If you don't like them, don't use them. I like what they're doing with uh, their just card production right now. So they are, they uh, we may have talked about this a little bit, but they they changed the uh, production the, the the packaging for these uh, campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're released. They're doing so like player boxes and right. So instead oh, of doing instead of doing, instead of doing a deluxe and six packs, mm-hmm. they're now doing a player box and a campaign box. Oh yeah, we compared this a bit Marvel Champion, yeah. didn't it? Just yeah, pick the part you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. So I like that. Um, but the biggest thing that I think that's happened since our last recording is that they announced a new that they're going to be releasing a revived corset. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, uh, I remember that. It, it must have happened right after we re- we recorded because it's been it a, a yeah something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Our I'd, plan, folks, is to record every two to three weeks. We just every once in a while we'll go to four weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. We try when we're 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 getting back onto the horse after being off of it for a while. Yeah. So well, yeah. weekends yeah. are still weekends, right? It happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so the as with like the Netrunner revised core set, they in, when they announced it, they said anyone who has you know been collecting the game up to this point does not need to buy this product. Hmm. So it's something that uh, if you if you have a, a huge Arkham collection, it's thirty, forty, whatever bucks you don't need to spend. But they're they're structuring it like the Marvel Champions core set, so you only need to buy one. Oh, got full set, so about damn time. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We finally got to this point, guys. It happened. So, <laughs> so, so you know. no, it took if, a pandemic. <laughs> if, you, if you remember, if you if you remember from Arkham, the uh, uh, in Arkham, a play set is two cards. Mm-hmm. So those things that you know only are you need one ofs. We'll just have one of like, you know the you know Roland's character card stuff like that. Uh, but the things that are two of, like you know, most of the cards in your deck, you'll there'll be two of in the box. That's great. Mm-hmm. They're doing, they're redoing the the tokens. They're and they're adding like a first player token or something like that. They can so you can like keep track of. Uh, oh god, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, That's a, keep track <laughs> of that. It's not, I mean, again, you never really played it much, but dear lord, yes, I can't believe that wasn't a thing before. So. Yeah, the the lead <laughs> investigator token or yes. whatever they call it. Yep. Yeah. So these are th- these are and changes. they've taken cards from the first cycle and and absorbed them and they're amending some of the cards right right they're there, adding some in there they're yeah there there, there are some changes uh, in the card pool there's nothing new it's all been pre-released right, before right. it's just it's just you know they it's just rejiggered basically yep. yeah yep. but I think it's great that they're that they're they're making changes those two changes are, are huge for FFG honestly mm-hmm. oh yeah and they're things that the the uh, the Arkham Horror community has been asking for for a long, long time. I mean, I mean them, them, them specifically, but like say, like you say, other people playing other card games for a long time in general. It's yeah, a lot of those yeah. just. I mean, that's a that's a wonderful admission that certainly FFG and many other card game makers honestly release a base set and then a first cycle, which is that's then the complete product. Mm-hmm. That's your real core mm-hmm. set, right? You know, right, that's what right, that's what right. we designed everything together to work as. You know, right, right, we've seen yeah. that in. I mean, just anything you can think of from L five R on downwards, it's been like that, right? Right. You know, you've you've got got a hold of it and gone, oh yeah, this makes the core box feel complete. Yay! You know, so it's good. So good stuff there. Oh, uh, also, uh, Summoner Wars two shipped from Plat Hat. Oh, did oh cool. It? Oh, yeah. I got my Summoner Wars core set. Uh, unfortunately, my box got damaged in shipping, so they're sending me a new game box. For oh, it. shoot. But okay. It happens. Whatever. It was the the it got packaged a little weird, so that the top bulged out, and so it actually split like on one of the seams on the corner. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 shit happens. The product whatever. is in, the product inside is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah, like it's just the the box lid got screwed up. And oh, okay. So they're they're All sending right. me a new so box, I, which is cool. So yeah. a, a, a collector's call to uh, someone to flat <laughs> that is what you made. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty much. Understandable. Pretty much. It was awesome, and flat cool. hat's cool. That's cool. hilarious. So cool. yeah, and so and Summoner Wars is a cool game, and I'll bring it one of these days, and we can all play. Yeah, fighties. Yep. Uh, right, something good. Well, while while Carl has his thinking <laughs> face on, <laughs> interesting expressions. Yeah. What are the? This is one of those times where it's like you know, it's too bad that we don't like do YouTube streaming or something because <laughs> the video, yeah. Carl's facial expressions. <laughs> um, I, like I was talking about before we started recording, I went out with uh, some coworkers last night for the first time, like in over a year right we had a going away party for some from some people that are leaving the company so we went to a bar up in boulder called the rayback collective it was a lot of fun uh while i was there i was talking to one of my coworkers, uh who he you know like all my coworkers are like they're comic book nerds they're computer geeks they're, there's a few gamers uh but they're all they're all like nerds of some you know category or other so uh, my coworker ryan who's one of the people who's leaving the company asked me if i play warhammer 
Oh, okay. I'm like, well, I've played Warhammer in the past. I don't currently play it. He's like, oh, I kind of want to try and playing it. Would you play it with me? I haven't played Warhammer in over a decade. He want, but he wants to get into 40k. And he's not a gamer. He's not. He's not like a tabletop gamer. This is like his foray into tabletop. I was going to say, is he aware of what he's? His foray into tabletop gaming is 40k. Well, it's better than some. (laughs) Is he he aware of what he's tearing the lid off here? Is all I will say. I I, no. (laughs) But you know, it's like you know, like dude wants to dude wants to get his game on. I'm going to help him get his game. All right. Well, here's the good question. If if someone is saying to you, "I have two 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 available sets of Warhammer. I will provide all the Warhammer miniatures for." you to play then the answer is probably yes if, if someone is saying to you would you like to collect warhammer with me <laughs> that's a different question <laughs> yeah. so I, I i've i've learned over the years of attempting to play minis games that i i just can't paint i don't have the patience to sit there and just do the repetitive like <laughs> I, I i tried to paint 2000 points of war of of, of, of tau no. and it it i it was rough. <laughs> Having done this for a job, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, I will mention, particularly knowing you and how you tend to interact with hobbies and the secondary purchases surrounding them and the technology, um, an airbrush, fairly cheap, fairly straightforward, will solve most of your time problems and is interesting and fun. So, you know, could go that route. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I told him that, I did tell him that I hate to paint. And uh, I'm like, so if, if you buy like the two player starter set and you, if you want to paint the minis, that's cool. And I'll play with you. I just, yeah. <laughs> so, to anyone, anyone listening who is a, a part of the larger gaming community in the wider area, Doug just said, my something good is I'm thinking about starting 40K. <laughs> yeah. I realize that this is a mixed bag. <laughs> it's something that this is, it's, it's more like something double-edged, not so much something oh, yeah, good. This is, cer- certainly, certainly a new chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Har, har. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Oh, There's a good. Well, okay. Um, since I was glancing down at the very helpful piece of the paperwork that um, Tobin provides occasionally, I was going to say something else. I'll save it for another time. Um, I'm going to say look down the books one here and say have either of you guys seen read or listened to the martian mm-hmm. the movie like yeah, the, I, I, yeah. either the movie or the book yeah uh, well, i i i've i've watched the movie mm-hmm. i own the book it's in my my big your queue yeah yeah yep. your, steam, your steam your steam my stack yeah. yeah okay your stack yep yeah. andy weir um, fairly recently put out his n- most recent main novels been a few before um project hail mary mm-hmm now, if you followed Andy Weir's stuff at all, after the Marsh, he did a little thing called um, Artemis, which mm-hmm. was not as well received. It was not a bad book. I, I read it myself, listened to it. It was perfectly solid. Product Hail Mary is Andy Weir back on form, doing his style of stuff, and I think it's his best book. I, I love The Martian. I think this is better. Cool. And, I, and I will say minimal amounts more because it's a pretty spoiler-heavy book. But it is his kind of hard sci-fi. It is... Um, very much the a dude stuck in a situation trying okay, to science his way I'll, out of it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I can't. I can't disagree. You, I've you, read both. Bu- you've got, I've read the both second books. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's his best. Book I haven't read Artemis, and but but I but the reviews on Artemis were like yeah, it's m- poor to middling. So yeah. I was like yeah, maybe I'll just stick with my positive yeah. image of Andy Weir's Martian, and I'll stick there and Same, sticking sticking in the something good area. Um, yeah. It's his weakest book, but that's but that's that's his weakest book. All right, and, yeah. and Hail Mary was a starred review by Kirkus, so I that got me it got it on my radar, and I read it. I yeah, but I would say yeah. If any of you out there have not, and I would actually, if any of you are going for it, just like the Martian, I would recommend the audiobook. If you haven't hit the audiobook version, no. the audiobook version adds some adds some good stuff in. Yeah, I read it. I read it. So. Go for the audiobook, man. <laughs> I mean, particularly for this one, I recommend it because honestly, again, without spoiling, there's a particular point. 
and I can say this story because he's read it, where um, a character is introduced, mm-hmm. and there is something about them. There is something about that character that's um, well, audibly interesting. Right, right. In the audiobook, I oh, went, okay. "Holy shit! What okay. was that?" All right, all right. So yeah, I I, I, Project I Hail Mary. I greatly recommend. I get it. My something good is also a book. It's a a book I spent an inordinate amount of. Uh, it, it actually blends these two topics together, 40K and books. It's the <laughs> oh Ghost God. Dossier Number 1 by Dan Abnett. It's a it's a new, shorter novella set in the Gaunt's Ghosts um, universe, talking about the early days of the Gaunt's Ghosts. I haven't read it yet. I spent a, a good pile of money on it because I missed its original release from Black Library, so I had to pay for it on eBay. Oh, no. I just wait, got it. it wait a, for him to describe cool it to stuff. you, Carl. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's like a little package. It's like a little leather leather. Oh, is this, is this back to the last Eisenhorn thing you yeah. got style? Well, you know. ca- well, no, no, no. It's a completely different thing. I will yeah. totally show it to you. But, but it's in that kind of area because you, uh-huh. you have them in the Eisenhorn books, like gold yeah, edging yeah, yeah, and yeah, shit. It's like leather bound and all this shit. Well, it's a leather carry-on. There's a leather carry-all to it. It's very. Oh, it's so it's a dossier. Cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you it's have, a, you, it's you, a literal you, dossier. You have the football yes. with mm-hmm. you. Is what exactly. you're telling me, right? Exactly. Oh, so that's God. something good. Uh, a book, two Maybe. books, two two mentions of Warhammer 40k. Yeah. It know. may not be something good to Tobin's wife <laughs> <laughs> when she sees the credit card bill. I, just, but. I, just say, I love this because you know, I'm the dude who worked for the company, and, I, and, and across from me, I've got the guy who's like, "Holy shit, you're outdoing me on the esoteria." Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> this esoteric. Yeah. This I've also got a. I've also got a. Uh, I, I missed. I missed the. Somehow, I'm on all these Black Library accounts. And mm-hmm. yet I miss announcements for this crap, and it's really kind of upsetting, because. but neither um, here nor yeah, there. I'm not sure their announcements are the most... Yeah, it's all well, over the place. They yeah. go through Facebook. I don't, I'm don't. i not on Facebook very often, so anyhow, that's my something good. I'm going to enjoy that God's Ghost dossier <laughs> here soon well, enough. Well, I, I feel bad for not talking about books. Let's see. What, um. <laughs> no, no, that's all oh. right. You got 40K. I got dude, 40K. Dude, I got dude a if you're playing in 40K, books are in your future. Don't uh, worry. Yeah. I'm, not talking no, no, about, I, I'm not talking about narrative ones. I know. I understand. <laughs> If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps others find us. Thank you for listening.